Good morning. Welcome on this Saturday morning to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we've been talking about the covenant names of God and the word name. God gives a new name to those that are overcomers in the book of Revelation. In chapter number 2, verse 17, that is written on a stone, a white stone. And then, of course, we talked about God's name, Jehovah Jireh, by which he revealed himself as provider. Uh, Jehovah Rapha as healer. Jehovah Nieces as our banner. But in the book of Revelation specifically, there is a vast use of the word name and names. The importance of it. We think of a name today as someone signing a contract when they're buying a house or buying a car or even entering into some type of a job market where you can't reveal certain things. They have you sign. Sign your name. Not sign something else, but sign your name, your identification. That identifies you as the true person that you say you are. Of course, unless an individual falsifies his name, then it doesn't mean a thing except that, you know, he's broken the law. But the name of an individual is very important. The identity, the weight, the power, the significance that it holds is immense. And in the book of Revelation, as we've been reading and studying on the name of God and uh, the new names that are going to be given specifically to the believers, all of this has significance for us today. We have to overcome right now when we're in this lifetime, not when we're up in heaven, so that we can be partakers of such a thing. It says in the book of Revelation 14.1, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, or on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And remember, Jesus came and he revealed and unveiled and manifested the name of the Father to the disciples in Revelation 22, 4. And they shall see his face, speaking of God, and his name shall be on their foreheads. We had also identified that as uh, being marked as ownership. We belong to God forever and ever and ever and ever. No one can take us not only from his hands, but from his presence anymore. And therefore, uh, his name is going to be upon us, but we're going to get to see his face. And as we continue reading in Revelation chapter 13, verse 1, it's not just God and his name, it's not just our name, but even the powers of evil have their name. Jesus, when he was casting out a devil, he asked him, what is thy name? And of course, the the spirit said, and the man said, uh, my name is Legions, for we are many. It's interesting that he had to call and identify him by name. He just didn't say, come out, but he identified specifically who was to come out and leave and depart. Well, in the book of Revelation, we find the name of uh, the the name of Babylon. We find the name of the Antichrist. And this is what the scripture has to say about that. 
Now you may wonder, well, that's in the future. What does that have to do with me right now? Well, we were given the name of Jesus to cast out devils, given the name of Jesus to heal the sick, given the name of Jesus to perform and do everything, including the commission of preaching the gospel around the world in his name. That is the authority. That is the power that has been vested in the believer to do this in the name of Jesus. And what backs up that name? God the Father and all of heaven and everything and anything that exists in the invisible realm backs up the name of Jesus. Of course, he earned that name by conquest. He actually conquered an enemy that we could not defeat. And he earned that right. It was also by birthright, which is something we have to understand, that when you are born into the kingdom, all of a sudden it's just like someone that's been born in a certain country. Uh, I'm not talking about someone that uh, 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 has come in some way, some different way, but I'm talking about someone that has been born uh, immediately. They have certain rights. Well, the scripture says, and I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Interesting because this Antichrist kingdom and individual, this beast, will be nothing but anti-Christ, everything against God. In verse number 6 of chapter 13, it says, And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blasphemy his name. Why does he blasphemy the name of God? I mean, he doesn't blasphemy heaven. He doesn't blasphemy the angels. He doesn't blasphemy the, the glory uh, the majesty, the universe, he doesn't blasphemy mankind. He blasphemies not even God himself, but the name of God because of what the name represents. And he blasphemies also his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Well, when he's doing this, the name of God being the first on the list is the thing that he blasphemies. He's going to blasphemy everything that is good, everything that is represented by good. Verse 17, And that no man might buy or sell except he had the mark. That's one. It's a mark. Or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So we find here two associations to the name. The number of his name, and that has to do with the way the Hebrew alphabet was, that when you take that alphabet, the letters also signify a number, and you added up the total of those numbers, and that would give you the number of the beast in accordance to his name, or vice versa. And the scripture says in uh, Revelation fourteen eleven, and the smoke of their torment ascended up, forever and ever and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever received the mark of his name 
So notice, once again, three specific things are identified. Those who worship the beast, or worship his image, or who receive the mark of his name. Now, that is going to be an eternal judgment, to receive the mark of his name. Now, we saw that 144,000 had the mark of the name of the Father upon them. These individuals that have the mark of the name of the Antichrist, they will pay for it forever and ever and ever. It says in Revelation 15.2, and like I said, this is just out of Revelation, all of these things that are identified concerning the significance of a name. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the glass of sea, having the harps of God. Huh. Four things that are mentioned this time having gotten the victory over the beast, over the image, over the mark, and over the number of his name. Verse number 15, it says, Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest, glorifying his name. When we worship God, we glorify the Father. In fact, when we're in prayer, it says, Our Father which art in heaven, holy is thy name. Holy is the name of God. Very holy. Then it says in the scripture, in verse uh, Revelation 16, 9, And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God. So not just the devil, Blasphemies, but it says men are going to blaspheme the name of God, which has the power over the plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. Revelation 17, 5. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, and the abomination of the earth. And then we find in the book of Revelation, in verse uh, chapter 19, verse 12 and 13. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. Now remember that Jesus was going to reveal his new name to the believer, as well as have the name of the Father written upon them in the name of his city, the new Jerusalem. It says in verse 19, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And of course we know from John uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 1, that he is in the beginning, he was with God, he was God, and all things were made by him, without him was not anything made that was made. It says, in uh, Revelation 21.12, and, and this really caught my attention, both 21.12 and 14. And uh, the New Jerusalem has a wall that is 1,500 miles long in four directions. And it says, and had a wall great and high, 
and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereupon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel, forever memorable as a memorial. The name on each gate forever. You cannot enter into those gates without seeing the name. How God faithfully has cared for Israel since he uh, got Abraham out of the land uh, of Ur of the Chaldees. And God, his covenant with him and with Jacob and Isaac and with Moses and David. God has been faithful while the 12 tribes of Israel are forever memorialized in these gates. As much as the world may have hated them during the time that we have lived in on this planet, God loves them as much as he loves us also. It says in Revelation 21, 14, And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Stop and think about that just for a second. Think about that. All that these men had to go through, those three and a half years of training with Jesus, all the the the, the beatings and the, the resistance that came against them and everything that they had to go through, was it worth it? Well, we are going to be as pillars uh, and, and have uh, our name written on the pillars of, of, of the of the of the temple of God, but here they are on the foundation. That's why in Ephesians it talks about upon the apostles and the prophets is laid the foundation. It says the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and upon them the name of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Wow, there's going to be names all over the place, names on the foundation, names on the gates, names on the pillars of the temple. It's just awesome that we can consider that God takes personal interest in our name. And he is wanting to establish an eternal relationship with us. And he will call us by name and Jesus will confess us before the Father, calling our name. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Join us again on Sunday as we continue on the covenant names of God as our provider. The Lord richly bless you. Keep looking up. Our redemption draweth nigh. Amen.